Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 85th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. So today we're very lucky to be joined by Johnny Gorman, a player from the, uh, well it was actually the uh, 2011 to 2013 where he's a professional, 09 to 11 where he was a youth player, one appearance for the Wolves and it's a player that I've been chasing for a while to get on but he's been uh, he's been studying. Johnny, how are you my friend? I'm very well and uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. Oh, hey, listen, Johnny, the pleasure's ours. Um, yes, as I said, because um, I know you've been studying a lot, but what I want to do, we're going to yes. come on to that Come on to that shortly. I want to talk about your football um, career, because it's very interesting, uh, by the way. Uh, but you, you started off um, as a youth at Man City, I believe. How did you get spotted by Man City, and what was the journey then? Oh, I think I was about seven or eight, um, just playing for my hometown club, um, and I think I just I played for I think it even no even starting back I just played for my school team um, nothing spectacular yeah um, one of the dads said why don't you come and play for my my club Wilmslow Pumas um, his name's Eric Garner um, he was a coach just in the local area did a lot of like soccer schools and things like that um, so I went and played for sort of the all the lads who were in the year above me at school it was their team so I went and played for them yeah and after a few games I'd scored about 10 goals in two games and there was a Man City scout there yeah um, and they just invited me in for a trial so um, it, it didn't take long to be honest it was it was quite quick into just playing for like a Sunday league team where I was noticed and scouted so and I went at Man City. Now, you was at Man City from 02 to 03. You then crossed the divide um, from the blue side of Manchester to the red side. And you was at I Manchester did. United for six years. How did that move yeah. come about, Johnny? Well, Man City didn't really work out. Um, I didn't really enjoy it. I was nine at the time. And I think I just wanted to play with my mates um, back home. Um, I really enjoyed playing for like my Sunday team. If I'm honest, I still play for them on a Sunday when I play for Man City on a Saturday. Yeah. And I was a United fan, and I don't think my dad minded too much that I did that. So, um, basically, I left Man City after a year um, and went on and had about three or four different trials with Man United. I've been at a satellite squad. They basically, as soon as they, I found out I'd left Man City, they invited me in for sort of trials with the satellite squad, and then it was in with... Um, the main academy team and then they decided I might not be ready for it yet but to go off to Bolton for a year and play for them and then maybe come back if I did well yes. which is what happened um, so I went, then went back to Man United and eventually signed for them so it wasn't just a straight um, swap over there was a there was a little bit of time in between the two and, and um, sort of proving to Man United that I was a, a worthy academy player for them I mean, what's what's interesting um, is Johnny. You know, you, you said you was at Man City from the age of nine yeah. years of age. In hindsight, now when you're looking back, do you think nine was too young for uh, you know a player to be at a club like Man City? It's, it's a it's a tricky one because there's there's the argument of how many hours you've got to put in, and, and the better you start in the, the the 
better it comes, but um, not the better it comes, the better you get at it, uh, yes. at it with anything in life. So um, I can see the point of getting kids into academies from age five. Like I, I understand from sort of a, a footballing view, but then from a human point of view, like you miss out on a lot of stuff, um, such as playing with your mates for your local team or yes. um, other activities that you might be interested in. So my life basically became about football um, and there was a lot of stuff that I liked doing on top of that that I just didn't have the time for anymore. So yes. um, th- there is an argument that maybe football clubs, that they don't need them that early. And I, and I have read studies on it, funnily enough, where it doesn't seem to make that much of a difference when an academy player signs, like there's a lot of players who are over the age of 11 who go on and have careers. I think more that were signed after the age of 11 than the ones who were signed before the age of 11. Um, I can't remember which study it is, but I've read it yeah. in the last six months and it, I found that quite interesting that there is a lot of pressure put on these young lads when there's probably not that much point to it. Yes. Um, but the problem is if every club is fighting for the, the, the top talent, then one club's not going to suddenly go right. We're not going to talent spot till they get to eleven. That's just it's just the way of um, football clubs. So I think it would be a, a, a very strong academy manager that decided to change the uh, the way an academy does things. Definitely, and I mean you might agree yeah. with this point that I'm about to make, Johnny. And I'm sure that yeah. um, clubs uh, now, say if you're an over average player at the age of nine, ten, and you get courted yeah. by an academy, would yeah. it be fair to say that? There's some players that clearly aren't good enough to be in an academy, but because they're over average for their age, the club will sign them yeah. to stop another club signing them, perhaps. Um, again, I, 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 knowing how academies operate, probably, yes. um, it's just one of those things. Like every, they, they, everyone wants the best players, and, and yes, nobody wants to look back and think I made the mistake of sign, not signing the next Messi or ne- not signing the next. Jesse Lingard or whoever it is that um, goes on to become a first team player and um, you always hear little stories of, of players like I think Declan Rice got released by Chelsea at some point and then yes. went to West Ham and he's gone on had a great career so far so nobody wants that sort of stain on their um, of course on their record so everybody sort of thinks oh it's always better just to sign them and keep them on and just see how they get on instead of um, instead of not doing so yeah now it's interesting you actually mentioned Declan Rice because, and this is, uh, I'm going to do your podcast back to front because we're going to talk about your international career before your club career, and obviously there's yeah. good reason for that, Johnny. Now, yeah. Declan Rice played for Republic of Ireland, and then he he uh, crossed the divide once again to to England. You did yeah. something very similar. You represented Republic of Ireland at under 16 level. Then you represented Northern Ireland under 16, under 17, under 18, under 19, under 20, under 21 and full level. Now, yeah. the, the, the the point I'm alluding to here is, um, I, when I, I've never spoke to you before, Johnny. Before um, I picked up the phone to you, I was expecting um, a strong Irish accent for some reason. And I'm sure most <laughs> people do. Yet you was born and bred yeah. in Sheffield. Um, so yeah. how how did how did it come about being spotted by the Republic of Ireland and um, why the switch to Northern Ireland? Well, I was I was born in Sheffield, but I moved not not long after that to Manchester. So I've I've grown up around those areas yes. um, most of my life, and obviously then since I've started playing football, I've lived here, there, and everywhere. So my accent is a little bit varied at the moment. Um, but 
basically my mum is from Coleraine, which is in Northern Ireland. Yes. Um, I've got loads of family in, in Belfast and around Northern Ireland. Um, family have moved over to England. Um, she moved over for university years back. And then my dad's family are a, a strong Manchester Irish family um, with roots in, in Sligo and, and, and Ireland. So... It was. I've always been brought up as I've always supported Ireland, both both the Irish teams. Yeah. Um, whenever I, whenever Ireland rugby play, I've always supported them. So um, it 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 was always a. Uh, when I was say fourteen, when um, the international scene became a thing for academy players, I said, "Well, that's around the age it starts becoming a thing. You can play for the under 16s I had a bit of interest from everyone, I think, and yeah. Ireland sort of stood out at first. Um, and they invite. They were the first to invite me to a trial match. Um, so did Northern Ireland as well. But it just felt that I was going to um, the Republic of Ireland first. I did really well in a trial game. They invited me on the under 16s tour. To I can't even remember where my first tour was. Um, maybe somewhere like Turkey. Um, went away and I did a couple of games with them. But they always, there was always that conversation with my parents and with Man United that if. Like I still want to see what Northern Ireland's about because yes. I've got strong family roots there as well. So it wasn't a straight. I've picked this country and I've picked that country. It was um, I, I, I had options to to look, to look at both. It just happened that the Republic was sort of first there. So it was, yeah, and that's they invited me on the uh, on this tour. So I played for them a few times and just realised that I, I, Northern Ireland were constantly wanting me to come and play and want me to come and train with them and they had a really good victory shield campaign which i watched on tv which i probably missed out on because i opted to play for the republic but it's what it is um and hmm. then i got to the point where i just i didn't enjoy going like after a few times of going away i didn't really enjoy it so um i just asked if i could go up and, and join up and go to a, a, a game with the um, the north of Ireland so yeah, that's what I did um, it wasn't anything personal it wasn't like oh I've picked this country over that country it wasn't as straight as that it was yes. just sort of I always wanted to test both out and I didn't think that was a, an issue and and luckily well it sort of paid off really going to Northern Ireland so well, it, um, I mean, I've, 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 I, never, I never didn't enjoy my time with Northern Ireland even towards the end of it when I was with the 21s I still always enjoyed going away with them so yes um they are like they, they do set up a good community and a good environment when you go away with them. It's really professional, um, and yeah, really enjoyed it my whole way through my career playing for them. I mean, what's so interesting here is um, I'll give you a little bit of a statistic to be honest. Uh, there's a, mm. there was a player called Ryan Green, he probably means nothing to you, played for Wolves, but he made his debut. Yeah for Wales before he made his debut for Wolves now what's interesting with yourself Johnny and I might get these statistics wrong so please correct me if I have you've got nine full caps for Northern Ireland I do yeah which I believe you won between 2010 and 2011 so you won all nine caps before you'd made your Wolves debut yes yeah uh, you made your debut on 26th of May 2010 versus Turkey in America Mm-hmm. And you made your competitive debut in a one-nil victory versus Slovenia in September 2010 in a Euro yeah. 2012 qualifier. 
you know more about the stats than I do, yeah. Johnny, I am a bit of a stalker. Yeah. I'll be completely honest with you. <laughs> now, what what I find really interesting here is, 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 I suppose, twofold. In as much as that, you know, uh, before you've made your debut, you're playing for yeah. your country. Um, is, I mean, if you don't know any other way, it's not strange. Um, but to you... Um, you know, if you hadn't made your debut at Wolves and made it in the league, you could have probably been an international footballer and not ha- actually had a league career. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that, Johnny? Because, I mean, what a fantastic, um, you know, what a fantastic record that is, by the way. Nine full caps for your country. Yeah. They've clearly got a lot of faith in you before you'd made your league debut. Yeah, I think it, it really came about because I was studying at, at Repton School um, part-time whilst I was doing my scholarship at Wolves. And that was in my first year whenever I first got called up. It was the, it was the last um, games bef- before the end of the 2010 season when I went away with Northern Ireland's first team. But largely it was down to... Um, sort of I, I had my first couple of months at Wolves. I'd, I had a bit of an injury... Um, and then I came back, played some games, um, and then like I'd started training a little bit here and there with the first team because I think Mick McCarthy took a bit of a shining towards me and quite liked me from some of the training sessions. Um, he knew I come from Man United, and he was he was quite keen to get me involved with the first team. Um, and in fairness to Mick, he was great at getting young lads in and training with the first team. Whereas yes. I know that doesn't happen at a lot of other clubs, but from the age of sixteen, I was I was involved. So. Um, here and there with training sessions so and he did that throughout the time I worked with him but um, he had an awareness of me then so I went away to an under 17s training camp where I had shin splints and I really didn't want to go and it was for the for Northern Ireland's under 17s and I um, struggled my way through it with these shin splints and my mum basically said you need to go and just show your face and show you're interested um, but I was desperate just to sit out and, and nurse my shin splints back to to full health but um so i went away and just we played a game in-house game and um, nigel worthington was watching and he just he liked the look of me from that and he spoke to mick mccarthy and i think the conversation had just gone along the lines of that i was a future first team player um definitely someone you should look into and take away with your first team because he'll be in my first team in the future yeah so that was sort of the the green light for uh, nigel worthington and I think if maybe I hadn't been around Wolves' first team and Mick McCarthy didn't employ the the breeding of youth that he tried to do and, yes. and get us involved in training sessions, then he might have rang up Mick McCarthy and thought, oh, I, don't, I don't have a clue who you're on about. You're on the, uh, the <laughs> that academy. wouldn't have helped. Um, I know, exactly. So the fact Mick had a knowledge of me and an awareness of me definitely helped with that. And that meant Nigel then picked me um, yes. for that first tour. So, um, yeah, um, and... To be honest, it, it, it was um, a surprise to me, um, and I just took it in my stride. I think that was the yeah. thing I thought. I, I still had a year left to do my A-levels, and um, in terms of a league career, there wasn't much that Wolves wanted. To, Wolves weren't really wanting me to go out on loan. They wanted me to play for the reserves. Yeah, um, and then like again, it was it was sort of picking the right loan move instead of forcing a loan move and the right one didn't really materialise in my first full, full-time full year at Wolves where I was, um, well, first professional year at Wolves. So, um, and that's where obviously then um, 
Terry Connor picked me for the game against Norwich. Yes, which I'm about to come on to. Now, yeah. what was it like to, to, to make your debut for Northern Ireland, firstly? What's, what an honour is that to, you know, play for the, the, the country of your mother's birth? Yeah. You know, you must have been so proud and obviously you, you, your whole family must have been watching on with immense pride, Johnny. Yeah, um, what was it? It's nearly 11 years ago now. Oh, no? <laughs> you're, you're, you're still only 28, aren't you, Johnny? Uh, yeah, 28 now. So I was 17. That's amazing. It, yeah, like I was still in, I was still doing my A levels. Um, Johnny, I, I was still in nappies at 17. I'll be honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look at, I look at some people who are 17 now, and I just think I can't quite comprehend it at times. I look at myself and I think, bloody, I was playing for. Like my country at that age. Exactly but, that. Um, it happens in football. You do get young lads who who, who do play and and um, show their worth. And, and uh, like I do, think there's a lot of young lads who just don't get the opportunity. Whereas yes. if they're given the opportunity, they will show it. But um, so many managers are so worried about blooding in young players that a lot of those opportunities get missed. And um, it's sort of it's a bit of a. I do believe within football, there's a lot of young lads that can do a job. It's just whether managers trust them or not. So, yes. And if they're not given the opportunity to, to allow them to be trusted, then it never happens. So fortunately, Nigel, um, I think, just had an opportunity to, to throw me in in a few friendly games and see how I got on. And um, I just saw it as a just play how I play at Compton uh, with the under-18s yeah. um, and treat it as a right-back from whoever I played against a couple of weeks before and, and don't overthink it too much and, and that's what I did and I remember every time I got the ball I just thought be positive and yes. get out of them and um, luckily I, I had quite a good game and I take it you've still got all your caps Johnny yeah there's, there's somewhere about um, I think I'm in my, my mum and dad's house now um, I've got a few of them framed so um that would be nice for in the future when I actually settle down and properly look back on my career and, and, and think um, I'll have a think what to do with them properly Johnny, at the moment they're, they're probably in storage somewhere I mean Johnny that's, that's incredible because if I was an international yeah. player mate I'd be wearing my cap on my head now um, <laughs> now so two I years I get too much stick from everyone for doing that oh part. mate yeah. I know <laughs> I mean you're, 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 you're I mean this isn't a mate this is what I love um, you listen I interview people who've played two, three, four, five hundred games for the Wolves but the ones yeah. um, I really enjoy it's a story like this you've made your one solitary appearance for the Wolves yeah uh, 24th of March 2012 versus Norwich City you come in a sub in a 2-1 defeat um, it was Terry Connor I believe that gave you your debut uh, John Ruddy was in goal for Norwich um, in the Wolves side that day. There was Michael Kitely, Matt Jarvis, Kevin Doyle, for example, and and you made your debut in the Premier League. I mean, Johnny, at that point, I believe you're 19 years of age. Um, yes. I mean, Johnny, w- what an experience is that? And did you expect it to be your one and only appearance for Wolves? Do you know what? Um, first and foremost, it was definitely an honour. Um, yes. I think that that was it. Was always my target was to get into Wolves' first team and, and just get that first appearance chalked off. Um, it, I probably thought it happened. I, I didn't think it would happen that season, but I thought definitely the year after I would I would be pushing on. Um, so it did come about in my head even a little bit early. Yeah. Um, I know like there was a few injuries in the squad and it meant a few of the young lads travelled. So even then I wasn't sure whether I'd get in. Um, get on the bench or not um, let alone play so um, 
I think when I was warming up with about eight minutes to go or whatever it was and they called me back I, I didn't quite believe it was me they were calling back but <laughs> I looked around and it was only me warming up so um, I think Kites had had an injury and um, it was just an opportunity to get me on we were 2-1 down um, and as I say it was just in a weird way I, I think I've alluded to this before like it was sort of the next step in my career so yes. at that time in my life it was although it was a huge achievement I, I didn't quite realise how much because I thought right this is the next thing in line is I've played for my country I need to play for Wolves now and, and sort of get into their squad um, and 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 try and sort of break through bit by bit um, but obviously Wolves had a, a massive squad at the time full of loads of international players and Premier League players and so on so um, I knew it was going to be tough but um, yeah I just came on and, and it was a whirlwind for five minutes when I came on and I felt like I was absolutely out of breath and I'd been on the pitch for <laughs> three years so the adrenaline pumped right through me I'm not going to lie yeah I bet it did I bet it yeah. did and, and Johnny a- a- after that obviously you, you clearly want a taste of more don't you you mean you know mm. the next game I, s- I suppose you're looking on the wall and looking for your name yeah. on the team sheet you know I mean about that 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 brief fleeting appearance for Wolves um from yeah. your perspective, did you put a foot wrong in the game? Did, was there a chance to, you know, did you do everything right? I mean, you know, w- what was it like? Uh, well, I think I think I, I touched the ball on a couple of occasions. One was just a side pass to Nenad Villas. Yeah. Um, but I remember receiving the ball not far into their half and before I knew it, about five yellow jerseys were around me. So I just quickly, <laughs> popped, yeah, just quickly popped it off and, and moved. Yeah. Um, and didn't get the ball back and then I just remember having to run back and tackle I can't even remember who it was now um, but I didn't do any and then I think I tried to I got a cross from a sort of a corner that had come out I got a cross and tried to whip it back in and the defender yeah. got a toe on it so apart from that I didn't, like, I didn't really I just ran around and, and tried to get on the ball and do as much as I could in, in the five minutes I was on but Yes, I don't think I did anything wrong um, but, I, but then again I, didn't, I don't think I did anything spectacular at the same time so listen um, it's difficult yeah. for a young man on his debut to, to come on and change a game like that and that's mm. obviously the dream when you when you get told you're on the bench you have got the dream of coming on and getting yeah. the winner you know it, nothing more uh, uh, exactly that um and uh, you know uh, this is what i really enjoy the fact that you have just told me pretty much every touch you had in that game and mm. if you'd have gone on to play two or three hundred games for Wolves, the reality is you probably wouldn't have been able to tell me every touch no, you had on your no. debut. And and that's really, for me, what makes it even more interesting and, and actually special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's... it's uh, I don't even know how I summarise it. And I, I don't even know how I remember that because I've not thought about it for, for years. But, yeah, um, yeah it's funny that I can just I can remember the little bits that happened and so on and I think I've got a few photos that have probably helped me remember so, like Brilliant. there's a photo of where I definitely know I'm passing it sideways to Nenad so um, yeah actually I've heard a story about Nenad Milias I've heard he liked a cheeky fag Johnny can you confirm if that's true or false I didn't actually spend much social time with him so I'm, <laughs> I'm going I'm to say the easy route actually, I say I don't know yeah 17 or 18 <laughs> you wouldn't be allowed to drink mate so I should hope not yeah. Um Exactly. And, and what was your relationship like with Terry Connor? Because obviously Terry must have a lot of faith in you from obviously his time working with Mick. And, and we all know what happened. Terry was given the reins for the last 13 games yeah. of the season, obviously which culminated in relegation. It was an impossible job for him. But what was, was your relationship yeah. like with Terry, Johnny? Um, 
really good as a as a working relationship. Like both Mick and Terry were were very open. Yes. Um, contrary to popular belief, like Mick always had his door open to people. Um, yeah. Like I remember one time there was a loan move um, on the cards with quite a big club, and I went and spoke to him, and he he, he went right the way through it with me. So. Um, and then Terry himself like, was always helpful on the training pitch. And what I quite liked about Terry and Mick is they sometimes had different views on stuff. And I, for a couple of years, didn't quite understand that. And then I realised that actually Mick probably wanted a different opinion other than his own around him. Yes. So you'd sometimes hear stuff from Terry and some, some, some stuff from Mick that would be slightly different, but then you'd understand why and, and, and why that would be the case. So... Um, but Terry, yeah, he, he was, obviously, I've, I've got a lot to thank him for with giving me my debut. Um, and, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know what more there is to say. Other no, than that, really. I mean, listen, Johnny, yeah. you, you've summarised that up perfectly. Now, I'm going to, I, this is what I find interesting now. Now, I'm not meaning to fleet over the rest of your career, but it was mm-hmm. Plymouth, Macclesfield and Cambridge on loan. Then it was a permanent move to Leighton Orient. Then it was Southport, Barrow, Telford, Colwyn Bay, Curzon Ashton. Atherton Collieries, Northern Northwich Victoria, and Frome Town. Now listen, yeah. I, with the greatest respect, now um, uh, th- you know there's not some of Europe's biggest sides there. The point I'm alluding no. to is, is, is Johnny. You, you've made your Northern Ireland debut. You've played nine games. You've then broke into the first team at Wolves in the Premier League, the best league in the world. Yeah. All of a sudden, the dream is is, is clearly very very quickly slipping away. Um, yeah. You know. Johnny, I mean, what? It's a once again a twofold question. Was football your dream? Um, because it, it, it was mine. To, I still dream now that I'm going to play for Wolves, and I'm 44, right? Um, <laughs> was football your dream? Um, and why did it change almost, you know, instantaneously? It, it, it seemed to slip away, and I mean this with the greatest of respect, by the way. Very quickly, um, <clears throat> can you can you actually put your finger on why? Um. Yeah, I think the, the probably an interesting thing to think of is is footballers on a whole. Is um, you look at a footballer, you think that's all that they do with their life, and that's yes. all they're, they're interested in. Um, I grew up being interested in everything. Like I, I wanted to do everything. I played rugby. Like I, I wanted to go to taekwondo lessons. But I was always sort of prevented from doing other things because I had football training five times yes, at of course. Man United um, I was interested in all sorts at, at school um, I always knew that football long term was I going to play that for the rest of my life no one your career's probably ended at 30-ish unless you were Wayne Rooney or yeah. uh, he's even ended at 33 or 32 so or like, let's say the lucky ones play on till they're 35 but, very lucky um, yeah, very yeah. lucky ones, and 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 they're the ones who are financially stable and can and, and and go and do that. But for your average footballer, I always sort of was aware that um, it, it, it was a limited career in some some aspects. So yes. I, did, I did give it my all. This is like something that I, I look back on, and I, and I don't. I'm at peace with it because I do feel like I gave it my all. Yes, but I, I did feel like there were like there was stuff to do with my education where I went and did my A levels. I know there was a bit of friction, but with that, with some staff members, other staff members were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, but some staff members couldn't quite understand it. Why, like, why wouldn't you just want to focus on your football? Um, wow. Why would you want to go off and do your A levels? Like, I, I know that was. Um, and was that at Wolves that friction? Obviously, I don't want yeah, to, yeah, I don't want names like, mentioning. Obviously, no, but, there was... no, but like uh, it did. But by and large, I think because it was quite 
a new concept and Wolves are actually willing to trial it like Kevin Fellwell, um, Alan Travis, the people that are in charge of the academy, they wanted to trial it and see if they could attract players who had a um, an eye on their education as well yes. as football um, and if they could attract people from around Europe and send them off to Repton or um, a school in the local area that, that does A-level. So, um where am I up to? Do, do I did I enjoy football um, at the time of playing football? I was I was obsessed with it. Like I would go out in the evenings and do stuff. I was I would go out and do extras a couple yeah. of times a week or once every once every week or something like that. To work on my crossing um, for a couple of years. I really did give it my all. Yes. Um, but I always had interest in other things. I was interested in psychology from the get-go, really, when I got into football. like There was um, people who worked at the club um, who were counsellors, Mike Wood um, and Jeff Whitley, who used to play for Man City. Yes, Jeff Whitley, yeah. They used, yeah, they used to come in. There was other psychologists that worked at the, um, the club as well. And I, like, I, just, I was attracted to them in terms of the stuff they talked about. I was really interested in it all, yeah. like... Um, stuff to do with mental health and, and performance and so on. So I spent quite a lot of my time with them, yeah. um, finding stuff out about that. And I just that was sort of twigging in the back of my head that that's something I wanted to do in the future. Well, um, that, that, that's so, very interesting, Johnny, because uh, you're now, I believe, uh, studying a degree in psychology at Bath University. Exactly. That, yeah, exactly. So it's it's sort of. It, that being at Wolves um, was where my psychology career started. Really, was those conversations that I used to have with with people who worked for Wolves. So, yes. Um, in some ways, I've got a lot to thank for Wolves for that for, for where I am now. So, um, but yeah, like I, again, I, like I like to. Well, I know I gave it my all and tried to do as much as I could at, at, at Wolves and so on. Um, and. and Sometimes I made mistakes along the way. I was a young lad at the same time. I was away from home, and, and there was certain things where I probably could have been better at, at, at doing stuff like. But it, it's just one of those things where, as a as a youth, um, a youth player, you do make these mistakes. And I probably did. I think that the that the island stuff meant that I should be playing first team football somewhere, definitely. And did I get? a bit annoyed that I was playing in the reserve team when I wanted to be out on loan like Dave Davis was or Sam Winnell was or whoever my um, people who were in the reserve team with me were. Even though I was two years younger than them and I should have just been a bit more patient, I I was quite impatient to to play first team football because I think I'd had enough of everyone being like, well, he's only played for Northern Ireland's first team. It's not like he's played any proper games yet. Was was something that was said to me a few times. So, Which is quite derogatory, by the way. Say that again. Which is quite derogatory. People saying that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just. I, I understand why they've said it, and I, like, I, I get why. But um, I was just very keen to play first team football, and I was probably, in, in hindsight, instead of focusing on how good I was as a football player, I was focused on where could I get a loan move. Yeah. Um, which would distracted me quite a lot um, in in the latter parts of my Wolves career. So. Um, Moving on from that, what was the second question? Well, that, well really, no, no, it, it, it's me. I, 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 the way I asked yeah. these twofold questions was what yeah. was becoming a footballer your dream? And I don't want to answer this question for you, Johnny, by yeah. any stretch, but I personally, listening to yeah. you, I, I probably don't think it was. I mean, I no, might be wrong. I, I, I don't think it was either. I think I was very good at something as a kid. Yeah. And uh, just because I was really good at it meant that everyone sort of pushed me into it and I wasn't always that fussed about it in terms of um, 
I, it wasn't the be all and end all for me. Um, I was always quite comfortable with the fact that I knew I could go into something else and I'd be I'd be just as good at that. Um, wow. Whereas for some for some lads, that isn't the case. Football is their whole life. Uh, well, um, well, Johnny, there's there's players, young players who haven't made it and took their own lives. I mean, this is exactly this exactly. is the absolute reality. And the, the 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 point I'm getting to is, listen, I would give an organ to play for my club, Wolves. Um, yeah. So, from your point of view, you make your debut um, in the Premier League. When when you can see that you, you, you which you, and what's really refreshing to hear, Johnny, is that that you've got no regrets. You gave it your all. You're at peace with it. When it is yeah. starting to slip away, is that a bit difficult on the basis that you've been in around the first team at Wolves? And and listen, we all know with football comes the trappings, whether you like it or not. Mm. So you you, mm. you you know you're in around the first team. There's players. I'm sure they're leaving big houses. I'm sure they're leaving, uh, you know, the, the drive around, the cars on the car park. I bet your eyes were popping out yeah. your head. Now, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. That, 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 that that is what you should aspire to. But by and large, when you've when this is happening around you, you know, it, it, it is an exciting place to be. You want a part oh, of, of course, it. Yeah. Uh, of and course, yeah. And what? so you're in the Premier League and then it's going. Is, is, is that also quite a bitter pill to swallow? Uh, well, it, it, it happened gradually over a year, where I sort of went from being probably one of the the best young players in 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 England in, in the football pyramid, to yes. struggling to find a club. Um, and I think that stole soul back and came in after Terry Connor. Yeah. And I came back. I had a I had a conversation with Tony Dales, and he basically said, "Look, get yourself fit and right for pre-season, and you'll be coming back." And I, I don't see why you won't be in the first team squad. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't take that as absolute gospel, but yes. I sort of thought, "Well, yeah, that, that makes sense. There'll be a new manager, and he wants some young players." I know a lot of players will be leaving because of the finances of leaving the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I came back for pre-season, and I just wasn't involved at all with the first team. So yeah. um, I just cracked on with the reserve team. Um, and thought, and that's when I started thinking, right, I need to get a loan move and get out of here and, and, and try and prove myself somewhere else. Um, and I had a bit of a hassle with agents. Um, it, every agent under the sun wants a piece of you when you're doing yeah, well. And yeah. at that point, I was doing well. So um, an agent got me a loan move to Plymouth, which in hindsight probably shouldn't have gone for. It was, it was Plymouth weren't doing that well at the time. There was quite a lot of struggles off the pitch. Um, and I, it was, I, I jumped at it and I started off well. I put one in the top bin from 25 yards out in the Winner. first game. But <laughs> yeah, so it, it started off well and then very quickly became a bit sour in terms of not playing as much, um, even though I thought I'd started off quite well. So, um and I went back to Wolves and then stole a soul back and had implemented this one-touch style of playing football. So every training session was one touch. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, I'm a flying winger who likes to get on the board and dribble yeah. past people. Two or three like, touches, big players, get yeah. crosses in. Yeah, so for about four four months or so, every session, I, like, I wasn't able to dribble. And I remember speaking to like, Steve Weaver about it and other, other staff members like Mick House all the time saying, what am I supposed to do? Like, this isn't my game. It's a game for centre midfielders yes. like, I get the one touch stuff and I'm comfortable doing it but it's not it's not what I'm good at no. um, and I feel like in that time it kind of my game kind of got bludgeoned a little bit by yeah. that my confidence dipped because of it and I was playing in the reserves again I was getting a, uh, if I took more than two touches it was frowned upon um, and 
I, I struggled with that like completely and it, it really disheartened me that like I wasn't able to do what I, what I liked doing which is getting the ball down beating players and, and yes. smacking it in or crossing it so um, then it just at that point then I, I, Wolves had said look you're probably not going to get another contract I, I thought that was premature I thought yeah, I at least yeah. deserved one more year I, I know I had a bad six months but that didn't define my whole th- three four years at Wolves like I'd, I'd done quite well Um Again, I don't know if it was a financial thing or whatever it was, but um, they decided to let me go. And then I had a couple of bad loan moves at Macclesfield where um, I just barely played. He, he, I think he just got me in because he, he could, the manager there. And I went down to Cambridge where my confidence was completely shot yeah. and played played about two games and thought, what am I doing here? And at, but at that point, I was ready to just quit. Um, I thought, I've had enough of all this, like... And like it's not a fun life down down there. Listen, um, Johnny. Listen, not. I can believe it because you know yeah. the dream of being a professional footballer is sometimes um, the, the anticipation of it almost and it happening is quite a stark mm. difference. Yeah. And once you travel into Macclesfield and Plymouth and you're living in hotels or B and Bs, oh, yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it's just one of those where like, like no, no disrespect to those clubs, like. Of course, it just you see, I'm so I'm used to Man United, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Northern yeah. Ireland, the top top of the top, and then all of a sudden I'm 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 fighting over who can have the last training kit. So yeah, um, it, it's it, it was a struggle, and I, like I spoke to so many of my friends and 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 peers in football over the years who have gone through similar things, and and it, it, it is a struggle. Um, and I th- then I think I went on about. I don't even know how many clubs I went round that summer where I just trialled. I think I started off at Burnley, um, went like Berry. There was all sorts of Port Vale. Where and like I was, the, the mad thing was, I was doing well in these trial games. Yes. Like in the trial games, I got like ten assists and about five goals in in however many trial games it was. I'd done ridiculously well, and no club was giving me. I was thinking, is there some like ulterior motive going on here where I, no club wants to sign me? Um, and then eventually I landed at Leighton Orient and that was like a, a revelation going down there or it felt like a revelation at the time. Yeah. Um, it felt like a complete fresh start. Uh, the manager really wanted me to come down, um, was really interested. Um, basically, um, Russell Slade. Um, yeah. yeah. And it all, it all went well for a few months and then as time went on, um, my shot chances were just getting more and more limited and it just, I thought, I then at that point is when I started looking at um, other careers because I thought I can't keep doing that. I can't I don't want to I don't want to just have all my eggs in one basket with football I need to start looking at other things as well and that's when I started doing the psychology degree part time at the Open University well, as well as playing football. What's interesting is Johnny, you're 28 now yeah. and realistically yeah. you could still have an international career. You could have played in the Euros. You could still be in the Premier yeah. League. It, it, yeah. You know, and a lot of this, a lot of these decisions are, are quite rightly being on your terms. I believe you retired at the age yeah. of twenty-five. I might be wrong. Um, I was about. Well, it was only last year, really, where I properly retired. I sort of right. ummed and hard with it for a few years, and and haven't really played that much in the last year or so. So, um, sort of played sporadically, but. Um, my heart's probably not been in it since about twenty-one. Yeah, but I've still I've, I've enjoyed playing for a host of non-league clubs Um, obviously there was times where I really wanted to get back into it um, and really give it a go and then and then realise that actually I'm I'm, I'm doing this and I'm I'm doing it for something that I I don't fully want to do Um, I realised that and then 
I thought, what do I really want to do? And it was always yes. the answer was always go and do your psychology degree properly and, and get that done and, and get into your psychology. And the longer I hold that off, the longer away it's going to be that I, I can get into that. So, yeah. and and I think Johnny, you've got to be realistic. Off. You're sorry to interrupt. You've got to be realistic in no, as much fine. as you can you can keep chasing a dream that isn't there. You can keep chasing yeah. and chasing and chasing. And your last three clubs, Atherton Collieries, Northwich Victoria and Frome Town, yeah. ain't going to lie, yeah. they ain't paying your mortgage, they ain't paying your bills. Yeah. It, no, no. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, that those those three clubs especially um, are the ones where I felt um, most comfortable being. I can, because yeah. I'm not trying to be a footballer there. I'm, I'm just enjoying myself. Um that's good to hear. Being around being around people that are, are, are not put, like not putting pressure on me and, and all yes. that. So um, those three clubs, especially, like I, I really enjoyed my time at all those three clubs and like really really good communities at all three clubs. So and the managers there were brilliant. So and that wasn't um, meant with any disrespect, Johnny, because there is players out no, there who will chase the dream and and they'll be thirty eight and playing, you know, in the yeah, ninth echelon yeah. of English football to keep playing. And yeah. I, I don't think. Yeah. That was where you ever wanted to be, was it? But it's nice yeah. to hear that you was playing without that pressure, and you actually finally got to enjoy your football. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. I think it was just. It, it took a long time for me to really like realize that actually, I, like, I, I, what should I be doing? And, and, and like, I, I think I had a conversation with someone about a year ago where it was along the lines of like, I, like I knew I didn't really want to play football, but it's what everyone expects me to do. Yes. Um, I've always been Johnny the footballer to everyone yeah. in my head. In my head, that is. But my life's moved on from that now. Whereas I'm Johnny Gorman, the psychologist, and, and other things that I'm interested in, and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to go and play football, even though I didn't want to. And I just realised I was doing things for the wrong reasons, and 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 in the end, it was quite easy to walk away from football and just say. I'd rather have my Saturday afternoons doing something else. So, would it be um, fair to say now, Johnny, you're studying your psychology? Maybe this yeah. is the real dream you've always been waiting for. Are you yeah. are you happier than you've ever been? Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I think I'm on the right path of where I I want to be, and I think you just you know that within yourself whenever you you're not quite on the right path. And I think when I was playing football, I always had that inner feeling that although I enjoy it and although it's probably everyone else's dream. It's probably yes. not my ultimate what I want to be in life. So, whereas psychology is always well since about the age of eighteen, I've always known that that's the thing I want to get into. Brilliant. So, yeah, I do feel I'm on the right path now. Yeah. Brilliant. And I take it. So, are you still studying your degree? How how far are you away from completing it? And what does the future yeah, hold for Mister Gorman? I've, I've I've just done my finished my third year. So I did a dissertation, funnily enough, on. Um, well-being, comparing current and former footballers, which was really, really interesting um, and quite contrary to a lot of the research that's out there to do with um, retired players and mental health and so yes. on. I, like my, my study actually found some interesting stuff on how um, footballers in the years after retiring, they're actually okay. Like the well-being is the same as the, as the current crop of footballers. So, um, although it's an under, it's an undergraduate piece of um, study, so it, it probably needs more doing to it. But it, it was very interesting findings and, and something I'm going to try and build on. So um, it just changes the narrative of looking at retired footballers as being problematic and having issues and all this. Whereas a lot of the data that like they talk about, like footballers having problems in their marriages, yeah. um, financial issues, a lot of that data was um, came from companies that 
don't exist now and a lot of it was uh, what's the right word for it they're not sure where that came from basically yes, but yes. it's something that's used a lot so I'm quite interested in, in looking at in life after football for a lot of people and actually is it as bad as they say it is and, and in my experience it's like it's actually I've enjoyed my life far better after retiring or leaving full-time football or professional football I've yeah. actually enjoyed my, my life more afterwards and and there's no harm in that so uh, Johnny um, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased because football is like I said you know, once you've got the trappings and, and you've played in front yeah. of a crowd and, you know, you've got the adulation of people, it's a very, yeah. it's a bit of a difficult drug to put down and not be addicted to it almost. Is, yeah. um, it is. And for my there sins, Johnny... There is in that as well. Yeah, like people, people need to adapt to their new lives and all that. Yes. So, yeah, it, it's complex, but it, it's it's fascinating at the same time. Uh, uh, and Go I on, suppose... I I suppose the 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 the, all, the other point is which which you know obviously Johnny this wouldn't uh, with the greatest respect have affected you if a player's on fifteen yeah. twenty grand a week and then the next thing they're unemployed unless they've invested well once again that's yeah. that's another bitter pill to swallow isn't it? I, I know. Well, I seen I was watching something on um, Jamie O'Hara this morning where he's, he's walking around the golf club and he's talking about exactly that topic and he would have been one of those earning big yeah. money. And he said, I didn't invest any of it. He went to Ibiza and spent a ridiculous amount of money for his mates. And he wished he'd had that money back now. And I was thinking, that, that's a that's a, another problem with yeah. the game is 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 all that. So um, is there enough support with footballers? Probably not. Um, but no one really focuses on that when they're playing football. It's all about the football and, and, and winning three points on a Saturday rather than the long-term well-being of the footballers and, and what's or interesting the human is, beings, I should say. And what's interesting is, Johnny, I'm, yeah. I'm probably putting you into a box now where, you know, if you had earned 30, 40 grand a week, I think you would have actually been one of the ones which would have invested well and, you know, yeah. wouldn't have gone to Ibiza and shafted it and bought a, a Ferrari. I, I think you would oh, have I've actually... Been to, I've been to Ibiza for a few times, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm you have. The money Jamie spent, yeah. Yeah. Else. Brilliant. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. You, you never know, do you? Like at 21, um, I, I, I managed to do okay with um, with my money from football. Uh, like even myself, like I, I made a few dodgy business moves when I was a bit younger, and that yeah. was probably because I was I was chasing the um, chasing the the wages that I'd earned in football. Of course. Um, so like I've I've learned the hard way myself, but. If I'd have gone on and had a career, like again, I do always say this, I, I would have loved to have had three, four, five hundred appearances for Wolves or, or in the Premier League and, and earned loads of money. Like I'm never going to sit here and say yeah. I wish that never happened to me. I definitely wish that happened to me. Um, <laughs> but like, you just never know. I could like, I'd like to think at the age I am now and, and how I do things now that I would, I would have been okay. Oh. And I would have set, I'd have settled plans for after and and had things already in the pipeline, but. Some some lads are so focused on their football and and they see it as anything other than focusing on the football is almost a distraction and yes and football clubs almost make you feel guilty if you want to think about anything else that um, you just there's a lot of variables at play with all that a lot of things factors that come into play with when you're playing football and 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 people want you just to be focused on football and and that is your stereotype as well they don't want yeah. you to be interested in. Something else. The only pl- the only time I've really seen it is with Jody Credit when he was doing yeah. artwork. A lot of people really got on board with that, which was which was nice to see. Yeah, 
So, good bloke, uh, Jodie's. But, you know, yeah, Johnny, you, you are one of the nicest and most humble and interesting people I've interviewed, actually. And I, and I, and I do mean that, you know, I, I mean that Thank sincerely. You. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. And I've really enjoyed listening yeah. to your story um, because it's quite easy to look from the outside in and, and make assumptions as to why it went wrong or to, you know. But yeah. And the fact that, you know, studying, you're working hard, you've got an, another career past it is, is, is obviously all the Wolves fans want to hear that because it's a, a really positive yeah. story now finally for my sins i help run the wolves all-stars which is a team of former players who turn up for charity games now johnny realistically you should be over 35 to play in these games but <laughs> listen i i know you've got an engine on you young man and the thing is we we can we can dodge your birth certificate we can do something to your passport yeah. um so put down 1982 instead of 1992 i'll be fine exactly that all, all I'm going to say is, listen, Johnny, is the door firmly closed on football or in the future? Are you hopefully going to get your get the Wolves All-Star shirt on and, and pull on the old gold again? God, why not? I still play a bit for uni, so um, like I had a training session the other day, which I enjoyed, which I, I haven't kicked the ball in six months, so maybe even longer. So I did that the other day and thought it was quite fun. Um, and I remembered I was actually all right. So, um, yeah, so you don't realise it until you play again when you think, buzzy hell, but my mind just hasn't been on football for that long that it was a bit of a strange one. But, yeah, I'll be open to it. Flipping, that's brilliant. That is, you're playing with uni mates and you're there. Oh, yeah, played in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, nine international caps. Played <laughs> in a Euro yeah, 2012 qualifier. Like yeah, no yeah. biggie. Yeah, I forget, and I forget, and then I'm just—I sort of turn around and go, "Actually, I used to play football. I'm not too bad, am I?" Johnny, it's funny. Johnny, that is absolutely brilliant. Well, listen, thank you for your time today, Johnny. I really, really appreciate how honest you've been throughout the interview. I wish you the best of luck, and I'll be tapping you up soon to play for the All Stars. Perfect. Cheers, Johnny. Cheers, Jason. All right, bye now.